This week we are going to talk about, it's a great guide for Amazon affiliate pro, uh, promotions if you're into that, or you're looking for a way to monetize your website a little bit more. We're going to talk about uh, marketing on LinkedIn, SEO competition analysis, some changes over at YouTube, and some Facebook PPC tips that you just might help be helpful if you're running events or you have a brick and mortar store. You want to get those offline people into your online marketing. All this and more on episode 52 of SEO This Week. All right, so without further ado, let's go ahead and get started. I want to kick off with this Amazon guide. It's by Authority Hacker. It's at authorityhacker.com, and it's titled The Ultimate Guide to Amazon Associates. I won't go into a lot of it because pretty much it is an epic piece of content. But the crest of it was they were, you know, that those guys over at Authority Hackers build authority sites, which means big sites about specific topics in order to um, leverage their relevancy and just carry on and carry over and increases their rankings and, and etc. But they monetize a lot of their sites with the the Amazon affiliates program. It's no secret they do a podcast and they talk about it and how they how they're leveraging it. And they were getting audited and this kind of drove the the, uh, the purpose of this uh, this article that they created, which is it really is it's a pretty big article. It's uh, six parts, probably a few thousand key uh, words, uh, and a lot of information. So the first one is general information about it, uh, about the affiliate program, and then how to uh, you know, to get your links, etc. Um, the second part is how to promote Amazon. This is the different types of articles that you can write. Uh, for product reviews, comparing products, and that type of stuff. There's like six examples in here. I think you're going to enjoy those. Uh, and how to link. It's basically if you ever signed into an Amazon affiliate program account, you'll know that you can link with text links, you can have banners, uh, a bunch of other stuff. But this is just kind of shows you the right way to do it and kind of get around some of those tools. Uh, the part four is complying with the Amazon terms of service. Really, the big points I got out of here is don't use the images from Amazon. Like, you can't go into the product and download the image and then you just use it. Uh, you can use it if you are connected to the Amazon API, however, uh, which is a little bit different. So, I guess if you're building a WordPress site specifically and, or you have a, a platform that creates these sites for you and they're connected to the Amazon site, then you're going to be okay. Um, but for the most part, you want to just make sure that you're reading the terms of service agreement for the uh, associates program. That said, it is a... It's probably... It's really overwritten for an average guy like you and me. We're not going to actually get every bit and piece out of it because it's written in legalese it just you know it just has to be uh, but you know if you're if you go over and read the highlights and, and stay in compliance with that i think you're going to be okay part five of this is tracking and optimizing optimizing your sales you know changing the position to add changing the products that kind of stuff and then the part six is tips and tricks so again i think you're going to enjoy this post it's really good uh, I have had experience in, in Amazon affiliate products and sites, 
so I think this is uh, on par with a lot of the courses that you uh, can buy. Obviously, this is a little bit more condensed. Uh, and it's not going to walk you hand in hand into creating the site, etc. But uh, it'll give you a enough information to, if you are one of those DIY types and don't want a course and just want the, the highlights and kind of take it from there, then this would be a good option for you. Or, uh, you know, get this and just find out if it's something that you want to use to leverage to uh, monetize a site you already have. Maybe it's not, not performing as well as you think it should be uh, because of the products that you're offering, etc. So check it out. I think you'll enjoy it. Also, um, one other thing I want to note is there's another article that is linked inside of here. Uh, it is inside of the first paragraph. Let me find it real quick. Uh, in the con section sorry it took me so long to do that but it's in the con section and it basically gives you the 55 other places that you can go for affiliate stuff so if Amazon is just not your thing or you can't find something that you think will work well with your site there's a there is a list there is a backup list on here for 55 different uh, affiliate programs you can check out. Also check out Offer Vault uh, and you'll find some more. It's Offer Vault. Uh, I can't remember if it's .com or .net, but you just Google it and you'll find it. Uh, and that'll give you tons of different affiliate programs you can get involved into. All right, so moving on, the next one is uh, marketingprofs.com. Is uh, content preferences for LinkedIn mark members infographic. Really, the the thing I want you to get out of this is that uh, you can't post on LinkedIn in the same way that you would on Facebook. Interfaces are much the same. There's groups, there's pages, uh, there's feeds, etc. However, the people on LinkedIn, you're running into really two categories: people that are looking for jobs and people that are looking to network. Uh, in order to um, to sell is is really that's you know honestly that's really the crust of it. There are people that actually go on there and look for service providers and that kind of stuff, but you really got to filter in through the noise on LinkedIn. LinkedIn groups has always been good to us for traffic generation, uh, but then again, it doesn't work like Facebook groups where you can just drop your link. Uh, they're much more sophisticated inside of the uh, LinkedIn area, uh, in my opinion, and it's getting to be a point where you know even the users are moderating this almost to the level of a uh, of a Reddit. That like you go on a Reddit and you try to, to spam your stuff. Uh, for instance, you're going to get hammered. They're going to kick you out of the subreddits. You're not allowed to be able to post anymore. Uh, and that's pretty much what's happening here. The internal filters on LinkedIn are catching a lot of people who post in multiple groups. And then if one group moderator uh, clicks you to spam, then you're automatically going to spam filters for all the groups. It's kind of, you know, it's harder to to perform a lot of stuff that you would do in, in the other platform. So think about it that way. Just provide value. I know that's really a, a vague thing, and I hate saying it, but to provide value and you're going to get traffic. That's not always the case, especially with LinkedIn. 
but if you have the these the good assets up there uh, already on your profile or on your your company pages for when people stumble upon it and find you uh, then that's better than just having a bunch of spam and stuff going out and, and wasting your time again linkedin traffic it does come linkedin groups is probably hands down the best uh way to uh, to get traffic out of linkedin in my opinion uh but you just have to be careful because it, like i said the filters and everything uh you you know you'll be posting in 10 15 20 groups uh, thinking you're posting some good content that these people might like, but one person disagrees with you, and now you're in a spam filter for all the groups, and no, you're never going to get read. So uh, it's just something to be cognizant of. Also, the uh, infographic here talks about um, LinkedIn ads. I'll tell you that has been my experience that the LinkedIn ads are probably the most expensive out of all the social marketing networks, uh, PPC programs, and from what I understand, because they're so expensive, we we just kind of veer away from them. They're a lot harder to uh, convert into uh, signups for whatever you're offering. So consider the audience, and I would actually probably make that one of the last places that I'm, you know, I've already leveraged Google AdWords and Facebook PPC, Twitter, and Pinterest. Man, let's go try LinkedIn. Let's see what happens. That's kind of where I put that one. Speaking of Facebook PPC, go to johnloomer.com and it's Facebook ads and how to create offline event custom audiences. So basically what this means is you're capturing, let's say you're capturing the emails or names of the people who come into your brick and mortar store uh, or you have uh, like an opt-in kind of thing or one of the beacon tools that allow them to sign in uh, while you're at your store. Any number of ways you're going to capture this. And you want to import these into your Facebook uh, PPC management tool in order to uh, retarget them. So you're using offline events. It's basically what it's called is offline events. So anything that happens offline is falls under the offline events category. And let's, you know, if you're having like a concert at your club or uh, you're hosting a, uh, I don't know, you're hosting a, a booth at a at an event or whatever, that's an offline event. You collect this information and then you can push it into the uh, the custom audience section over here at, at Facebook and it kind of, you can do it a couple ways. You can marry it up with your ads. So let's say you have an ad for your event. Uh, Facebook tracks who's clicked on those and then you have your list of people who actually showed up. You upload the list. Facebook looks at the attribution and says, hey, these people clicked on your ad and, and they should, they went. So that's a conversion worth X amount of dollars. So that's pretty cool. Uh, new little feature. Uh, I, you know, offline even audiences aren't necessarily new and custom audiences are not necessarily new. But being able to push these together now uh, is, I think that's pretty cool. I think you'll enjoy that, especially if you're into the Facebook PPC stuff. Uh, Razor Socials, how to effectively manage your online reputation. On what we like to do in getting into this article is, you know, create social profiles, uh, establish your review, monitor your your brands, etc. That's kind of you know a par for the course for online reputation management. This is a actually a good thing to to point out, or a good time to point out. You should be doing online reputation management now before you get in trouble versus 
worrying about it. Uh, I'm not going to worry about it until I get a bad review. Because I guarantee you that it'll cost you a lot more to get rid of that bad review and bury a bad review in the search results than it will to create these platforms and just kind of take over these search results in a positive way uh, for your brand in the first place. So uh, I highly suggest you read this one, if anything, to get a little bit out of it. We do this for our clients. We create brand networks right off the bat if they don't have them to kind of protect them and take over for their brand name because obviously you're going to pay for SEO, so why not take over your brand name? It's an easy win for us. Uh, and an easy win for our clients. So check this out. Uh, leverage that for yourself. Uh, if you don't know how, get in touch with us, and we'll take care of it for you. Next is Kissmetrics and how to get e-commerce customers coming back after their first purchase. We've gone over a lot of these, this types of posts, but basically what this is is some ideas for uh, marketing to your existing customer base using email. So... Uh, setting up a repurchase, you know, hey, you bought this before, come buy it again, uh, we miss you, how do we do kind of emails. There's a lot of different options in here. I think these are pretty good to uh, reach out. Again, in the end, it's going to be, you know, the focus is trying to, to, to sell you on the Kiss Metrics product. This is a good example of content marketing. Uh, but check it out. If anything, it give you some ideas, especially if you're in the e-com space. Uh, we go over to the Moz blog and how to attract local uh, or how to track your local SEO and SEM. Basically, what this is talking about is conversion tracking. So, setting up analytics, setting up your goals, setting up your call tracking, etc., and how, just kind of how important it is to just you know be able to see the ROI from your marketing. Uh, a lot of us, you know, even we're guilty of it sometimes. You just kind of throw analytics tracking on a website and you want to see the traffic. And depending on your relationship with your agency it's or how much you want to get into the weeds is, is where that ROI stuff comes from. So if you and your agency, are, you know, you're the type of business, oh, I want to control that, I want to be able to tell you what my results are, and then and your agency is cool with that, and typically they won't set up uh, specific call tracking. But then there, there are some times where putting a call tracking number on your phone, on your listing is going to mess something up. Putting call tracking numbers on your citations might mess something up. Um or, uh, you know, the goals, your goals and the goals of your SEO agency are not in alignment, um, then, you know, that may get a little bit harder. But for the, for the most part, you should be tracking at least something. Uh, if you're tracking the goals and contact forms and phone calls, you can all do that with Google Analytics. It's actually pretty slick. Uh, and then the, that leaves the burden on you to actually say, all right, so you sent me 30 phone calls and 15 signups, but I didn't get any clients. Uh, what's wrong with you? Well, I think you need to, to kind of flip that around and go, what's wrong with me? Uh, because obviously if you are holding your agency accountable for the numbers of leads and then trying to hold them accountable for your broken sales process, then you have issues. Um, but again, that's a conversation you have with yourself, your agency, and your business management uh, systems. 
Search Engine Land is the next one. The seven on-site SEO problems that hold back e-commerce sites. We'll go into all seven of these, but the number one one is weak product descriptions. Cannot tell you how many times we've looked at e-commerce sites uh, for clients and for our white labels where the product descriptions are just horrible. Uh, it, going back into the Amazon affiliate stuff, you can actually, using their API, pull the product descriptions and essentially use that on your website. Uh, but the manual reviewers on Google have already kind of picked that out, and they'll they'll tag your site as thin content just for doing that uh, one thing alone. So you have to have unique, well-written product descriptions. It's a little bit harder uh, to do that, especially when you're looking at tiny cons- uh, tiny affiliate commissions uh, selling tiny products. Uh, but in the end, I think it's worthwhile to you, especially if you want to keep the site around. If you're just building these sites to kind of fire it up, make some money, like Google throw it in the trash for you, and then you just build another one, uh, then go for it. Hook up the API and pull out descriptions and just kind of get away with it until you, you don't and then start over. But um, for the most part, uh, the people that are paying us for SEO, especially for e-com stuff, this is where the uh, the first place we look. Where are your what do your product descriptions look like? How much work have you put into them? Are they 100 words? Are they a bunch of bullet sentences? Uh, do they actually tell you anything? Uh, that kind of stuff. And then are they written for SEO? Because you know, obviously, you want people buy your stuff. Uh, search engines don't, but search engines actually lead you to the people. So you can't ignore one uh, in lieu of the other. Uh, especially for digital marketing purposes. Uh, next to Search Engine Journal is YouTube changes rules regarding the videos with external links. Basically, what the rule is, if you have these end cards at the end of your videos, and then you used to be able to, anybody could set up a outbound link uh, to a website and drive traffic to that website. Well, they're changing it so now they have to be in the paid partner program just so that the manual reviewers can look at your stuff. And you have to have at least 10,000 views per channel. A couple things I think this is going to do is it'll increase the views. So we're going to find a lot of junk channels with 10,000 views because of the the fake views and the fake retention. Um, But it will also force... YouTube to kind of up their game picking out these uh, the the fake views as well looking at proxies and all that other stuff and I think honestly what's going to happen is it's going to hurt the view counts for a lot of legitimate channels we're already seeing that now where their filters are just so over tightened that you know legitimate channels are not getting credit for the real views um, as a result of you know people who are trying to game uh, with with fake views, the the views number is really you know gaming that is really about ranking higher so that you can actually get more exposure because there is so much videos traffic going on there. So it's one uh, you know a, a a problem. It's just like the search results now and. and it's something that I'm sure that YouTube's going to fix eventually, hopefully, cross fingers. But what uh, this does, in my opinion, is kind of all those local channels that are pushing out, uh, uh, what do they call it, your phishing for ranking opportunities. 
I think this will hopefully uh, limit their ability to monetize those, which will in turn limit their desire to want to do it more. And it'll make better videos. Sure, mark it all, mark it all the way. I'm, I'm down for it. You know, uh, mark it all you can in any way you can. However, uh, when you're finding loopholes or things that just work and then you turn them into spam opportunities and you just ruin it for everybody that kind of pisses me off so i think this is a good opportunity to kind of just throttle that back uh for youtube and it's actually good for marketers who you know we even i still use youtube fishing but you know we do it we put 50 videos out oh there's the ones that are ranked delete all of those and then put a really good one or you use YouTube live events and kind of do that along the same bar. Just create the event. Oh, these are going to rank. All right, we're going to cancel all these other ones. I'm just going to do this one right here. So uh, a significant difference between what I'm doing and those that are posting out, you know, a thousand uh, videos and just leaving that trash on the Internet for everybody to filter through uh, and making it harder for everyone. So good on you, YouTube. That's my opinion. <laughs> All right, and the last, second to last one is Search Engine Land. is targeted uh, featured snippet, and people also ask search, search features. If you've not seen these before, feature snippet is just a little box. Like, it has the uh, response to your search and just some information. Like, if you're doing, like, what is the definition of, and it shows you the definition. That's a featured snippet. And then the people also ask is if you scroll down a little bit more, you see these questions. And then you can kind of open those up and see more and more and more questions. Uh, and go as long as there's more questions that Google sees. So, this is not the first time I've highlighted this on uh, SEO this week or talked about it and, and talked about ways to leverage this. I will say that uh, threes don't appear to be going away anytime soon. Uh, the offers surmise that you know search engines are designed to get you in a place to. Uh, you know, point you in the right direction for the information. So they show you a featured snippet. There's the right information. Uh, however, it just seems to me that this is just something. It's just another set of tools that Google is using uh, to keep you on the search results and the opportunity for you to click ads. Not a bad thing. Everyone has to monetize their website in some one way or form, and that's what Google is doing. Uh, so you need to take the time to learn the people also ask and the featured snippet. Uh, and you know how to trigger that again you're not going to be able to trigger it all the time uh, more often than not even us you know will trigger it more when we're not trying to than when we are trying to uh, it's just you know it's, it's just the thing that the algorithm does uh, you position yourself for it you give it what the algorithm wants and if they want to use it they use it if they don't then you try something else and rank an organic or go into you pay that's um, but you know, be aware of this. Be cognizant of, of the requirements, as it were, uh, what the algorithm is looking for to pull feature snippets, and just you know, try to get some uh, if you can and where, where you can. And we're going to complete this with the SEO competitive analysis checklist, is provided by Z Hoffman Jones over at Moz. There is a checklist here. It's not very highlighted. You'll see a cartoon on the article, and then right underneath it is a checklist with you today. That actually leads off to a Google Doc with a spreadsheet. 
I found it very useful. I find this entire post really, really informative, and I think you're going to like it. There's a couple things I would add, but for the most part, uh, they did a, she did a really good job of kind of breaking this down and, and, and things you can look for. Again, competitive analysis, it is what it is. You can go on and do complete audits on each of your competitors and, and and find the holes in what they're doing and then see if you can fill those in your site, or you can just kind of create some things that you know are the the importance the important things for your keyword set uh, i would go that route versus trying to redo this entire thing uh from scratch but in the end i think you're going to enjoy this post it'll give you a lot of information and be very helpful for you uh in uh, looking at your competition uh, in the search results all right, that's it. Episode 52 of SEO This Week is in the books. And thank you very much for listening. Again, if you have any uh, articles that you'd like to highlight, go to the SEO This Week page on digitalleer.com and submit your articles. And I hope you have a great week.